welcome to this episode of The Making of an Exception. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field you find yourself in. Each week, we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today, and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. If this podcast has impacted your life, you can help support by going to our website, exceptionpodcast.co, and clicking the Patreon link or by finding it in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support, and thanks for listening. Hey, welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. Today, we've got a special guest. He's the founder and lead singer of Yam House, a band called Yam House. His name's Lawrence Pruitt. What's up, Lawrence? What's up? I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Yo, thanks for being here. Stoked to just talk about your story and your journey. Uh, yeah, tell us about just work as we start uh, your band, what you guys are doing now. Yeah, Yam House is a pop band from right here in Minneapolis. Um, we put out an album in June. Yep. And we are currently in sort of a transitional space between content one and then content two. And uh, we're playing lots of shows, yeah. staying busy. We're all full time, um, and we're just in the the beautiful hustle of the yeah. music industry. You're Loving all full time with the band. You're saying, yeah, making it happen. Yeah, we have actually, including our personal manager Patrick, who's a dear friend of ours, lives yep. with us. We have five human mouths to feed off of Yam House. No way. Yeah, and there's our, no side hustles. There's no there's, side hustles. We are aggressively. You, you guys full-time. have made it as a band. Well, yeah, that's why. I, I mean, that's exactly what you dream of. Yep. The band exactly. funds your life. If it ends tomorrow, I will say we made it. Like I, I chose yeah, you to did walk away. make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, uh, and this is this is classic, but it's blowing up. Your band is blowing up, like in a good ah, way. Thanks, I, man. Like, uh, and it's a weird phrase to say blowing up, but I'm just saying, I feel like uh, locally, like in the Minnesota area, area, and and who knows, like nationally where it goes, but sure. Uh, I've heard from a ton of people, lo- yo, Lawrence Pruitt, get him on the podcast. No way. The band's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was Tissel who hooked me up. But no, Tissel. No. I have more people to thank. No, there's a bunch of fans, and I'll Dang. give a quick shout out, Millie and Michelle. Oh, uh, yeah. They're out in California. I love but, them. Uh, a bunch of people are huge fans. Sure. And saying, yo, this guy's amazing. Wow. The band's amazing. And wow. so, uh, yeah, just stoked to hear your journey. Thanks, uh, when, when did the band start? The band began formally in August of 2017, yep. which is when sweet, sweet Jake Felsto moved in with us out in Hudson. Nice. Because up until that point- Who's us? Uh, you and your wife and children? Uh, no, not, oh, okay. not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so that's the next phase of life down the road. Um, no, it was me and my two really good high school friends, yep. Zach Beinlich and Seth Bloom. Yep. And the three of us, um, they're also in the band. They're also in the band. Yep. Yep. They're also in the band and we were living together out in Hudson, Wisconsin, which is where we grew up. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how, how far away is that from Hudson? I just want to clarify today today that Hudson, Wisconsin is definitely could be classified a suburb of Minneapolis. I just want to. That's put that out. It's probably like fighting words for people. It might be. We were talking about it right before we started recording. Yes. 
Uh, Hudson's not a suburb of Minneapolis. Yeah, people say that to me. But and let's I talk get, about it. I get feisty real quick. Yeah, if if you're a local person, listen listening, you yeah. know the suburbs. How how many minutes does it take you to get downtown well, Minneapolis? Well, first of all, you just need to look at a map, okay, and realize that if you live in Minneapolis, you are way closer to Wisconsin than you realize. So somebody is in Minneapolis doing their thing, and they hear that we're from Hudson, Wisconsin. Like you're in a different state. I can't even believe it. Yeah. So I would never travel to Hudson. No, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I would. They well, that's would say a big, that, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so I just go, okay, I think we were talking before the podcast. Yeah. We're trying to find like a similar distance with or a Minnesota suburb. Well, how many minutes does it take to get downtown? 30 minutes. Exa- 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes. So the suburb that we're sitting in right now, right now, Apple Valley, Apple Valley is longer than 30 minutes to get downtown. Is it really longer? Yeah. A hundred percent. Wow. See, that's what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to like. Put Hudson on the map. But you know? here's another question: How many people live in Hudson? Uh, I think the town population. It's confusing because it gets like kind three of three or four hundred, <laughs> three or four thousand, thirty thousand. Wow, it's not that small. Because wouldn't there be a rating on? I don't know why we're talking like about size this. This to amazing. even be considered. This is a great way to start the podcast. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, the size uh, would matter. Like, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that the like formal town area is close to twenty thousand. I could be wrong. Like I haven't looked at this. I feel like twenty thousand is probably the the line. Like if it's below that, then it's it not. might be below that. <laughs> okay, but it's around there. It's a and small then if you, town. But if you look at the school district, which again, so even more for me personally, I'm a kid from out in the sticks of but Hudson. Why are you so passionate about this? I don't know. I just I want to put Hudson on the map. I guess I think that's my agenda. That's like my. If you look behind what Yam House is trying to do, it's really just trying to put you Hudson wanna, on the map. You want to do for Hudson what Boney Bear did for Eau Claire. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And if we do a festival, I don't know if you know about the Eau Claire Festival. Yes. But there was a big um, kind of issue with this last one because he didn't announce the lineup. Yeah. I just want to say, if I ever do a festival, I will always announce the lineup. And you will always know who you're paying for before you get there. Because I, I showed up and I wasn't that happy with it. I still love you, Justin. I still love Eau Claire. Yeah. But he didn't announce the lineup. He didn't announce what bands are going to be at the festival? No. Really? And it was like this creative thing, like trust me kind of thing. And I'm like, man, this is really cool. Like but this is probably going to blow our mind. Yeah, and I get there and I've only heard of like three of the artists. And then you're like, that's why he didn't announce the lineup. And even if he had, so what's funny is music, when you're not familiar with it, you don't like it as much right away. That's yeah. actually a human thing. Like, yeah. there are very few songs that on first listen, when you find those songs, you yeah. know, like, man, this is something yeah. But special. if you know who the artist is, but if you, and know, you know, like, some of their stuff, then you can take the time to get ready. You show yeah. up and you've, you've got some of their songs in your head, so you enjoy the concert more. Yeah. So anyways, I, yeah, I won't no do that if I ever go the Justin Vernon route. Hey, real quick, you do want to start a festival eventually in Hudson? I don't know if I want to start like a, a festival. I, I want to give back to that community. Yeah. And we're already actually... That's a perfect segue. We're doing a Christmas show for the first time at the local theater called the Phipps Center for the Arts. Nice. And it's so awesome. It's going super well. It's sold out in like 25 hours. We're adding another show. It's just like so much like small town excitement, which is, yeah. I love that. And we're, what we're doing is I've, we've talked to a lot of small businesses in town to raise as much money as we can for what's called the Hudson Backpack Program, Yeah, which is an awesome school-based program that just puts backpacks with food in the hands of like low income students right in our hometown yeah. that we don't know, we don't realize are right here. Yeah. Like in our town, there are students who literally come to school hungry and yeah. go home hungry. Yeah. And like, that's crazy. And totally. so that was like one of the things at the end of the summer as a band that we, we kind of like, like went through the honeymoon phase of like starting our band. Yeah. And it was like, okay, what do we want to do now? And one of the big things that we wanted to do for next year coming up is giving giving back and this is sort of the first function of giving back yeah. that we're, we're stepping that's, out into that's a 
it's an amazing next step to go from what we're giving people is our music and yeah. that's and it's good and it's a it's like it's an art it's a service sure. if you will like sure. it's benefiting people's lives if they enjoy it and they love music and all that but to take another step and go okay our music is not enough especially when there's hungry kids and right. we can make a difference so Yo, that's crazy. You also have another, I don't know if it's a Christmas show or New Year's show, but at First Ave, is that right? Yes. So it's, it's what, the fastest growing bands or best <laughs> bands of, best new bands of 2018? It's just, it's best new bands of 2018. According to who? Best new bands, <laughs> according to the First Avenue. Yo, like, and that's team. epic. Thanks, man. That's Thank epic. You. We're very excited. Best new bands of 2018. Yeah, yeah. And is it sold out? Uh, it's not sold out. Okay. Which... Is a probably a good like reminder? Hey, we better get on that. We better start promoting yeah, that thing soon. Let's yeah. do this. When hey, is let's it? Let's go. Uh, it's January fourth, and it's yeah, three days after so kind the new of like year. A new Year's show. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I'm what really are the, what are the other new bands? I can't uh, I mean, by memory list all of them. I know there's a band called Static Panic that okay. we've been hearing about that is apparently really good, which seems like they're good. I've listened to some of their music. I really do like it. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Annie Mack, who is a singer. And uh, she was also on another thing we were on. City Pages did like uh, bands to look out for this yep. summer, yeah. before the summer. And she was on that list with us too. But honestly, like it's an opportunity for us to get more familiar. There's a band called the Gully Boys. I'm yeah. really excited to check out. Crazy. Uh, just because of the name. Yeah, just because of the name. Like I'm pretty wow. sure it's three women doing their thing called no the Gully way. Boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited Amazing. to, to yeah. meet the Gully Boys. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be fangirling the whole the time. The Gully Boys girls. That's it. The, the Gully Boys girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So I'm just, I'm excited to, yeah, familiarize myself with those people, get to know them. Yeah. Well, I think just what an accomplishment. Thanks, to man. Be, uh, Thank you. You know, the Minneapolis and uh, just Twin Cities, which includes Hudson. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Hudson included in that. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Music scene to to be that and, and have radio play. We can talk about that too. Yeah. But, um, and just how you guys have been scaling. It seems like there like right now you're at this tipping point, you know, and it can sure. kind of go one or two, two sure. ways of, yeah. man, it was great. And this is as far as it goes yeah. or this tipping point of this next level of national absolutely, uh, and even global influence, you know, and sure. I'm sure there's fans everywhere, but uh, yeah. Do you feel that way too? Like, yeah. In fact, that's uh, just like waiting for it's just, this. It's a weird time. Or this- it's a weird time to be in house. I will admit just because, Yeah. We don't really know the hype. One of the best words of advice, and it's classic. I don't know if you've seen that Christian Tingle like joke video. Do you know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Tingle. So they make like I've a, never it's heard these two I've comedians. Heard of Mingle. It's, I know it's these yeah, two okay. comedians do like a spoof on on that, and Got it's it. funny because the couples are like, "Name your favorite secular band," and they look at each other and they go, "Switchfoot." Together, nice. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Switchfoot is one of my favorite bands growing up yeah. before I was even a Christian, which is a cool, cool fact. Yeah. And one of the things they said is like, don't believe the hype. Yeah. Um, early on in their career, that was something that they had to like really ingrain into their values, into yeah. what they do. And um, I can feel that right now. Yeah. You can like feel can, there's a lot of hi- there's yeah. hype building. Uh, yeah. Well, but intentionally, yeah. you're tr- you're not trying to like soak it in. Well, the funny thing is when you follow the hype, you actually end up getting so discouraged. Yeah. Strangely. But why? Because it's never enough. Yeah. Like there's never enough hype. Yeah. You know, like I want more. Yeah. Minneapolis isn't enough. We need to, you know, and so I can feel myself personally. I can't speak for the guys, but I mean, it kind of can. We're all in this place a little bit of like, what's next? And we need to remember yeah. who we are, what we're doing. And we are doing that. 
but you can just feel that that tension right now. I feel like you don't start a band though, uh, and again, I could be wrong. I feel like you don't start a band for a little bit of this desire for the hype, you know? Yeah. So how do you how do you go from launching a band and wanting? I mean, you don't start a band and go, man. I hope nobody listens to this. You go, right? I, I want like, to be I'm heard start a band by and many I people in the world. Everybody to, yeah. to know because yep. and you, there's there's a mission to what yes. you're doing, and I want to talk about that too. But you start a band. Hoping for some hype. How do you break that cycle sure. of the hype's never enough? Sure. You know? Yeah, I don't. I, I think we were very, very, very intentional. Uh, there's John Mayer. Ironically enough, had an awesome um, sort of dissertation speech about trying to make it in music. John Mayer's like a. He's a Christian artist. <laughs> he is not a Christian oh, okay. artist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But he said only, something that I yeah. thought was actually quite valuable about this whole pursuit of music, and he said right off the gates. There's, there's too many people not being honest about what they want and what they're doing. Yeah, in totally. Music. It, you, it, it's all over the map. Not just music. That's life. That's life. I mean, all, seriously. All day. So, like, there's so many musicians just waiting for, like, the big record label deal. I'm going to be on everything. Like, I'm going to, I'm trying yeah. to, that's my goal. But then if you look at what they're doing and what they're writing and what they're actually, like, how they're spending their time, yeah. they're not really going yeah. for that because yeah. that is a, a very challenging thing to try to do and it's an, it's it's weird to navigate through but even within your music like are you writing songs for that or are you writing yeah. songs for just you which is nothing wrong with that yeah and so it's not like a it's, not, it's wrong to you know want to write songs that are just appealing to you but yeah. you just need to be honest about what your goals are and that was something yeah. that we as a band right away established yeah. if we say we want to be heard by as many people as possible let's is operate that what that you're way. saying let's yeah that yeah. is what we're saying. Right away, yeah. Zach and I, Zach is my close friend in the band, bass player. We were living together at the time. And we looked at each other after we watched that and we were kind of like eyeing each other up like, like, where do you land? Like, it's it's sort of a vulnerable thing to admit. Yeah. yeah. Because it almost feels like ego or pride totally. to be like, man, I really feel like that's what we, we should do. And we both looked at each other and we're like, we want to do the big thing. Yeah. We want to do it. Yeah. And even if that means we're not going to, I mean, the chance of that succeeding is so low, yep. but it was so healthy for us to look at each other and be like, that's what we want. Yeah. And so now the decisions that we make we'll make based on that. Yeah. But again, that's, that's has to be in line with who we are as people, yep. what our values are. And then why would we like, it's one thing to build a platform. It's another thing to use a platform, Yeah. you know? Yep. And I think that's something it's really easy to talk about, but the truth is there's a lot of people with not very big platforms who are so excited to tell you about how they're using their platform, which is awesome. Yeah. But like we're in build mode yeah. and we're going to use it for sure. But like that kind of fits into the stealth thing. Like yeah. we really want to just work and grow. Yeah. So, and so be who we are in that. Since you brought it up, uh, one of the things before we started recording again was you saying we, we have this like stealth mission, you know, yeah. which, which stealth meaning like it's kind of like an undercover yep. thing. Yep. And at some point, and do you know which point that is or what big break that is that it becomes like now, now we're going to unleash sure. kind of who we are, what we're doing and how like basically from what sure. you're saying, it now we transition from building our platform to now using the, sure, sure, the sure. big platform that we built. But I think we can still, it's funny because I say that, but at the same time, like we're st like whatever platform we have now, we still want to use it. And we're just yeah, you're doing, doing the backpacks phase. thing. Doing like that thing, yeah, like, yeah. And I actually, that gives me life because I think God's teaching me a lot right now like just be who you are all yeah. the time yeah and don't worry about you know there's so much to worry about there's so yeah. much to try to strategize and figure out um the the idea with the stealth mission thing is that we're not a christian band yeah i think that's one of the biggest things if you're a believer listening uh, we, to this podcast we, we just need to actually you're a fan end of this we're just yeah. gonna end the episode because <laughs> i actually did, i didn't it's know out. that yeah so we didn't know yeah i thought this was a sorry guys thing. is this uh, a 
okay. No, it's I'm so kidding. good. It's so uh, good. No, it's amazing. So talk, yes. like, talk about this. Uh, obviously, you grew up uh, in faith-filled, and yep. we'll talk about your upbringing and yep. life in church, and yep. you've been in ministry, yep. like traditional, like vocational ministry. Yep. Uh, now you're doing band full-time. Yep. Uh, the 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 call to say, hey, there's there's Christian bands out there yeah. that's on Christian radio, yeah. and it's the purpose to so good. glorify God. But yep. but saying that's not us. Not we us. are we're Christians yeah. that are in a band, yeah. and the goal is still to glorify God. Absolutely. But it's not a Christian band. It's sort of like imagine you got like a surgeon, right? Yep. And like he went to school to be a surgeon, and he's opened up his practice, and he wants to let as many people, you know get that business growing yeah. and be a part of that. And he's also a believer. And he yeah. also knows that, you know, he's called to make disciples of all nations. He's called to, to live out the yeah. great commission to do the whole thing. He's saved by grace. You know, Jesus is Lord over his life. He's obedient, but like he just wants to go out and make a difference in the world. Yeah. And so like, I think I feel similar, like he's not going to start a Christian surgeon business, Yeah, yeah. but he's going to start a surgeon business and he's an amazing man. Did you know, you know, like I would rather it go that I feel like that's, and again, I, it's not an accusatory, like there's one right way to do it or run, run, one wrong way. Because I think yeah. it's really cool what is happening in the Christian music industry. I think it's growing. I think it's a phenomenon, really, that we could just talk about this whole time. Like, yeah. it's crazy what's happening. Yeah. Like, it's grown so much. And so many people have come to know Christ through the work of Christian totally. music people, which is amazing. And I am a music person who's also a Christian. But I, I for whatever reason, through prayer, through my process of relating to God, which is, you know, all of our process of like, just like, what do you want me to do, God? I want to yeah. be obedient. What's your calling in my life? Yep. And time and time again, I feel like God has told me to go out to the dark places. Yeah. And that was something I wrestled with a lot because I don't even want, like, I'm really not interested in like, I, I, I'm jaded with the concept of like, man, just like make my dreams come true, God. Like, I just want to be a big star. Like I really, yeah. I, but I want to make a difference and I want to be obedient and I want to use the gifts, whatever he's given me yeah. to bring more people to that, to that place where they're considering faith. Yeah. But I think the way that I feel like God's put in my heart is ways that I actually, from personal experience have experienced. Yeah. So I didn't know, I listened, I'll give you a, a story, an example of what I'm trying to do yeah. a little bit. And it's funny because now Switchfoot's like cats out of the bag. They're a huge Christian band. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't say that is like, okay, you know, they're, I mean, within the booking industry, even people who aren't Christians think of Switchfoot as a Christian band. Yeah. Which I think those are the best people to judge whether you're a Christian band or not. Yeah. Is yeah. the people who are just like normal people. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, Switchfoot was a band that I really liked and fell in love with before I knew the Lord at all. I didn't grow yeah. up in a family uh, that went to church or anything. And I loved it. I loved the music. And I actually had right. a chip on my shoulder against kids who went to church, were in that club. I was yeah. in that club. Kind of bothered me. I like was sort of, you know, had this beef with yeah. the church, but I'm listening to this band that I like, and it was actually from the movie, a walk to remember that my <laughs> sister like fell in love with, but there were some songs on there by Switchfoot that I found out I really liked. Like Dairy to move. And Dairy to move. There's yeah. a song called you. There's always something in the way. Anyways, yeah. it's like all their early stuff. And I remember just being like, man, I really like this band. And then I found out that they're Christians. Yeah. And in a weird, mind. it wrecked me because I, I like the hard heart I had. I immediately, if I knew you were a Christian, I kind of had a beef with you. Like I was kind of like, man, like yeah, you're just it like, destroyed you're your a whole worldview. About yeah. yeah, like it, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's believers out there who you know, and again, obviously there's believers out there that are amazing. And there is, 
we all have our, our, you know, things that we walk through and nobody's perfect. The church isn't perfect. But as a kid, I was like, man, the church is like full yeah. of mean people. Yeah. That's for the first time that was my first taste of like, no, it's not. Yeah. And that was really powerful for me. Yeah. So I would love to be that if God gives me that. But really, if, if God calls me to that, to be that for somebody else. I think, I think it's, it's, uh, it's cool to see like you're, the way you're building your band and living your life in general is living based on the convictions that God's put on your heart. Like I think there's different pressures in how to live, but I, I view it in a way like through the lens of the church sure. since I'm a pastor, like different churches have different uh, like giftings and reach like natural reaches. Yes. And so yeah. uh, the classic is example is everybody hates on Joel Osteen because he preaches <laughs> this positive sure. grace filled message and that's all he does, you know, sure. but, but he does that based on a conviction in his heart about, yeah you know, whether you agree with him or not, it's like he's yeah. doing it because he feels like the Lord has called him yes. to do that. You know, there's other yes. churches uh, like River Valley. What we're a part of is is we won't apologize about being global missions focused with specifically to unreached people groups around the world. And there's people that would say, well, you guys you're are not, killing it. What, yeah, you're not, where's your local arm? Yeah. What are you doing here? Yep. What are you doing across yep. the street? Classic. Like, and so, there, but there's a reach and a, and a calling and a conviction that yep. God's put on Pastor Rob's heart. Yep. Um, and he just, he, he can't apologize for that, you nope. know, and for you, I, to the surgeon example, I mean, you wouldn't hate on a surgeon that was like, I'm going to be a Christian practice, like it's going to be a Christian practice and we're going to pray for all of our patients and we're going to do like everybody in the church, actually. like if everybody in our church listening. is getting, you know, whatever, yeah. like, like that's. And so to the Christian artist, you're not hating on the Christian artist no. uh, that's saying, hey, I just am called to write worship songs yes. and to be on Christian radio yep. and to lift up Jesus that way. Uh, but also vice versa. Let's not hate on the Christian Love who it. says, I'm going to do, I'm just going to have a band yeah, and I'm going to write songs that come out of my heart. Yeah. And it's not necessarily worship, but it's, yep. it's art. And this art, the places it can go that a worship song, worship song that, you know, I'm doing quotes if you're not watching on YouTube. Uh, like, if I'm not writing a worship song, it can, it can potentially go places that the worship song will never go. Right. And and then through that, people, just your story about Switchfoot is amazing because then you found out, my goodness, these guys love the Lord. It my heart, man. Yeah, it's an amazing. It literally did. It like yeah. made me go, okay, I'll give this a chance. And I wonder how many thousands of people uh, have. I heard, I heard this story uh, the other day. It was from a missionary who's serving in India. Mm. And... A kid came uh, like out of nowhere to their they they run a CrossFit gym like a really creative way to reach people out like in Love the it. mountains Himalayan mountains of India. Cool. And he goes, this kid came up and and asked asked us, "Are you guys Christians?" And he's never the in the in the decades of being there, he's never had somebody out of the blue, without having some prior context to who they were, sure. ask them, "Are you guys Christians?" Because it's so totally cool. unreached where yeah. they're at. And he goes, yes, we are. Why in the world would you ask that? And he said, because I'm a huge Justin Bieber fan. <laughs> and Justin Bieber posted about that Jesus had made a difference in his life. And one of the pastors in his life, Carl Lentz, yeah. uh, and he said, he said, I started watching sermons of Carl Lentz on YouTube. And so cool. I gave my life to Jesus. That's I'm, so cool. I'm following Jesus yeah. in the Himalayan mountains of India, you know. Uh, but awesome. if Justin Bieber would have started and said, hey, I'm going to be a Christian artist, you know, again, would have he had that yeah. same reach, yeah. you know, and all that. And again, it's not knocking a Christian artist. It's yeah. just no. people have, you have, 
every every person listening, you have a unique reach yeah. and, and a, a unique call. call. Yeah. And you have to identify that yep. and not apologize exactly. for that. Yes. And you'll have all these pressures to be somebody else. Yep. As you gain success, no doubt we have pressures like are the songs that you're writing, is yeah. it, you know, well, you know, you might have, whether it's an older older generation or whoever, your parents, I, I don't know, like, what it's like, but, like, well, you need to be, in every interview, you need to say something about Jesus. Or every <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. acceptance speech, you have to say, you know, yeah. and those are pressures, but you got to do, I'm talking a lot, but it no, seems like it. that's how you're living. Yeah, absolutely. Living on conviction, which, yeah. is, which is amazing. Yeah, well, and you touched on it. Everybody's got a call. Everybody's yeah. got to reach. And I think as we mature, as we're sanctified by God, as we grow in our relationship to him, as we step, we get more and more dependent on him. We get less like accusatory. Yeah. And we get more like encouraging and we yeah. get more like celebratory of what the body's doing yeah. and how diverse the body actually is. Yeah. You know, and I think Capital C Church um, is really a growing, amazing thing. And in 2018, I can't, in 2019, I can't wait to see how it continues to grow and flourish and change and, yeah. and progress. Yeah. And um, that's a powerful thing. And I feel like I'm a part of that, but I feel like, again, like I'm a stealth mission going out. Yeah. And um, uh, we want to partner with the church. And that was one of the things early on that sort of forced this conversation is in partnering with the church, how do we learn to like really explain our calling yeah. in a way that, that doesn't feel like accusatory or aggressive towards the right. church, but it feels like, you know, real and, and something that they can get behind too. Yep. And so that was like, we, we, um, one of the statements that we've decided we feel really comfortable saying is EM house does not lead worship. Yeah. So like if an, if an awesome church wants to do reach out to us, which ha- happens and we love that. Like we, totally. we want, I mean, if there's something that we can be EM house in what you're doing, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. But here's what EM house is and here's yeah. what EM house isn't. And so like, you know, if you want us to play a couple of songs, we're not going to like throw in a worship song at the end, for totally. example. Totally. And that, for, at first we're like, that's so mean to say, like, why would we yeah, not yeah. do that? Yeah. But really we're protecting our brain. Do you hate brain. God? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Are you, are you insane? Yeah. yeah. So Yamas is not a worship band. Yeah. Which is a healthy thing for us to like, the four of us looked at each other and like, we really were wrestling this because we didn't want to like come across like yeah. jerks, you know? Like, yep. We think we're rock stars. We're not going to do worship songs, you know, we're too cool for that. But no, it's like, that's not what Yamas is for. I'll lead worship. I do lead worship. Yeah. Seth leads worship. Jake leads worship. Zach leads worship. Yeah. All in their instruments. But Yamhouse as a vehicle yeah. doesn't do that. Yeah. Amazing. And so talk about that. You guys are all leading worship at different churches. You all go to the same church. Uh, what, like where, where you're at now, and, we'll, and then we'll reverse it, but where you're at now, uh, yeah. what, is, what does it look like outside of Yam House when it comes to music? Yeah. Um, Zach or Seth and I, our guitar player and myself, both attend and are a part of uh, a church called Shepherd of the Valley. Yep. Um, so we, when, what's cool is when I left, um, I actually recommended Seth's wife to take my place. Yeah. And luckily this church leadership gave her a chance and yeah, did it. And so now she's, she's doing it, which is awesome because that really kept a lot of relational roots and ties yep. to Shepherd that I was really grateful for. Yeah. Cause then if she needs help or if she wants something like I can, I can be there and it yeah. was a super, it was cool. It worked out really nice. So you guys are serving on that team when we, when we're in town. Yeah. Yep. And obviously like we, you know, aren't, aren't there all the time Yeah, and it's been different ever yeah. since I went full-time Yam House. But still, like, if I'm in town, I actually really love just going to church, by the yeah. way. I really do love that. And Mayor, the team has grown enough to where that I'm not needed, especially yeah. now. Yep. But um, it's been really cool to sort of transition that, which yeah. has been cool. And then Seth is her husband, so obviously he's around a lot playing guitar there. Yeah. And we were a part of small groups based out of there where 
getting married. I'm getting married there. Yeah, um, you're engaged. I'm engaged. Shout out. Shout out to Kayla Johnson, soon to be Pruitt in February. Wow. Really excited about you're not, that. You're not going to take Johnson? She's... You know, we th- we prayed about it. No, <laughs> okay. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> okay, great. No, she, yeah, we just... She's for, pumped to take Pruitt. She's pumped to take Pruitt. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. No, congrats, man. Thank you. Marriage is the best. It I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited. So stoked for you. Thanks, man. Hey, everybody, this is Kirk. And again, we are jumping into the middle of an interview to give some shout outs here uh, to our new patrons this month. Want to give a shout out to Haley Ernst uh, for becoming a patron and giving financially to make this podcast happen. We appreciate your generosity. We're so grateful. And if you'd like to give uh, to this podcast, uh, $5 a month, we'll give you a shout out. Uh, $10 a month, we'll give you a free coffee mug. Also, at the end of every episode, the guests will share their favorite book of all time. And if you're listening and you'd like to get a free audiobook delivered to your phone, uh, you can go to exceptionpodcast.co forward slash audible. Tell me about the journey uh, of your upbringing in faith. uh, Sure. And and then how you got at some point a call in the ministry and then this call like were you unsatisfied in ministry and like, I'm going to start this band and I'm going to quit the church? No, obviously that's not true, but no. yeah. What's the journey like uh, for sure. you growing up? Um, born in Minneapolis, uh, not a Christian. Do you mean, do you mean actually in Minneapolis? I actually, okay. that time I do. So okay. right away we lived in Minneapolis. My mom's from Minneapolis. My dad's from Atlanta. They met in creative land. They, my dad was the lead in a play called Snow Leopard at the Orpheum. Yeah. My mom was running sound. And no they way! Met, and it, and in two weeks, they left who they were they were with for each other, hot and heavy, got married, started My a family. Goodness. I know it's like the classic, like creative, hot mess. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so they they got married, and then um, we I grew up in Hudson. Long yep. story short, and so I have an older sister named Ella. Yeah, uh, shout out Ella, love you. Um, she's amazing. Didn't grow up in like a Christian home. Uh, yeah, and um. Growing up, especially for me as a kid, I, I consider myself an atheist. Yeah. And I was very convicted about that. And um, what's funny is I think my mom Convicted got like, in a good way saying, I'm yeah, an like, atheist and yeah. I know it. And yeah. I, shout out to all the atheists. If there's any atheists listening to this, I don't yeah. know if there is. There might be. You never know. I hope I hope there are. Yeah. Because I, I think honesty is the best conduit to a relationship with God. I think, you know, we, we kid ourselves too much. I think it's really yeah. healthy to be like, man, I really am having a hard time with this. Because um, I think you're one step closer to finding yeah. it which is cool for me growing up. But anyways, um, grew up in Hudson, graduated from Hudson High School. My mom, my relationship with the church was interesting because my mom grew up in a Catholic home. Yep. And at, right around like the age of 10 or 12, my mom got like, I feel like she got like some Catholic pangs of guilt. Yeah. Um, and just sent me and my sister to like this like crash course two week. We got our first communion, we got baptized and we got confirmed in this like Specific, there was like us and like a couple other homeschooled kids. Yeah, and it was like this. I never forget her name is Sister Bernadette. She was amazing, and I, I remember being a kid and being like, I can kind of jive with this. I'm not sure if I'm yeah. there, but I'm kind of like interested. And yeah. then it ended, and it was like move on, you know. And by the time I was 17, that was church for you up until the age of 17. Was yeah, it was just that, that weird experience. Window. Yeah, and then really? once, yeah, that's all I had. Like nothing was, outside of that. Nothing outside of that. That wow. was the first. It was weird too. Like you walk into a, like a, it was a St. Pat's Catholic school. Yeah. And they're a big Catholic church in our hometown. They're awesome. And walked into the school and 
started learning stuff and yeah, it didn't really make sense, but it kind of, it, it was interesting. It was an interesting time. So like how a, seed, did, a seed was planted. How, like, how did this happen that you're living for Jesus? It's crazy. Yeah, I was 17 and uh, I was, uh, I was playing hockey on the hockey yep. team. I was um, an athlete. I was a, you know, trying to be a cool, popular guy. Um, I was drinking. I was yep. doing what high schoolers do to be accepted and loved and feel like they're a part of, you know, high school. Community, yeah. Yeah. And um, it was sort of the, just I was going through a lot at home, starting yeah. to kind of question my parents and be sort of resentful of them. Yeah. Um, and the, some of the choices that, you know, they were making to raise me and um, we were, we, money was kind of tight. And yeah. I, I was just in like a really resentful, bitter, dead time. Yeah. And I kind of broke. You were 17? I broke down. Yeah. I was yeah. 17. I got in a fight with my parents and my, my dad was like, you got to get out of here for a while. Like, just get out of here. And so I had like a Ford Ranger truck. Granted, they probably would have let me come back, but I wanted to leave. I was like, I'm yeah. going to get out of here. See ya. See ya. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just like rebel without a clue. And um, I talked to a counselor at school that day. I said, hey, here's what's going on. And like, this is hard for me because up until that point, I was kind of this like proud, cocky jock guy. Yeah. And I really broke down hard. Yeah. And um, she was like, okay, well, first of all, you can stay with me because she had a son in my grade. But I'll, I'm going to see what we can do. I mean, we're, we'll, we'll get involved. I mean, you have a place to stay until this gets settled. Yo, what or whatever. a legend counselor. Yeah, she's wow. awesome. And then what's even crazier is another counselor who was part-time at that time happened to be there on an off day and happened to get wind of this from that counselor. Yeah. And just felt really compelled to, like, offer up her home. And wow. I got... I met with them after uh, school that day, and um, her name was Lynette Beinlich, and she had a son in my grade. She had an older son that I played hockey with when I was a yeah. sophomore, and he was a senior, and now he was graduated, and then she had an older son. I knew their family, but not like crazy well, and she said, yeah, we, you have a spot at our place. We have an extra room. Come yeah. on over, and I was like, okay, that's awesome. Like, thank you. You're sort a senior of humbling. in high school? Yeah, yeah, senior in high school. Or no, I'm a junior in high school, sorry. Yeah. 17 years old, yeah. junior in high school, just turned 17, and um this was in January. I was in the middle of hockey. It was just like a weird time. So I moved in with them. But right away that, that day when she offered me the place, she said, by the way, this weekend, there's a, um, we're, we're going to be gone. We're at this retreat. Um, it's called Teens Encounter Christ Tech. And, um, and I kind of rolled my eyes like, okay, here's, here's the pitch. Here we go. Yeah. I'm like ready for the like, yeah, yeah. like this is going to be an opportunity now for you to like come to faith. And I was kind of like, all right. But I was like, hey, if you're going to offer me your home, I'll go to anything you want me to go to. Yeah, sure. Totally. What are we doing this weekend? Great. Sounds good. So I went, and I think it was the Friday night, um, got there. And m now my really dear friend, mentor, um, Dave Kell, yeah. preached the gospel that night. Um, and it just rocked me. I remember I was sitting in the back of a church in downtown Hudson. And um, I felt... I, I describe it often as feeling. I almost felt like this, like assuring touch, almost on my yeah. shoulder. It was weird. I, I, I don't want to be weird mystic guy. I try to keep that guy under wraps, but I feel pretty <laughs> safe here. Yeah. Uh, I really did. I felt like for the first time, it was like it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like I got you. It was like an unbelievable encounter. Yeah. And so that is what began my 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 journey. That was no when I gave way. my life to Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. And then from there, it's just been a journey. How did, so? What was it like processing? I mean, processing essentially because of your own behavior yeah. and what was happening in your home. Yeah. You're you're essentially kicked out of the house as a yeah. junior in high school. Yeah. And you're fending for yourself. Uh, briefly, but yes. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, yeah. But 
but there's, I mean, especially I remember, I remember being that age, yeah. like the emotion of that yeah. or rejection or frustration or anger or, yeah. you know, uh, processing that and then f- following it up with this God encounter moment. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, when you think about it and even talk about it now, how does it affect your life? You know, um, like, is it painful to think through? Is it like, man, it was in a miracle moment that God showed up yeah. right then. Yeah, um, it's powerful. It makes sense. I feel like that version or that who I was then is I feel like who all of us are without Christ. I mean, I really feel that way. Yeah, I, I think we're desperate. We're searching and we constantly are throwing things in the hole yeah. in our heart, you know. Yeah. And uh, even within, the, I mean, even once you, you give your life to Christ, that this that doesn't end. Yeah. Like you really do have to work to stay dependent on who God is and, and what that means for you and yeah. just, just to sustain on him alone. Yeah. You know, and in that moment I, I could do that. It was so cool, you know, but then you start to walk and you start to go, go out in the world and he starts to grow you and, and mature you. Yeah. And, but I look back on that time and I, I just, I, it, it, it excites me. Yeah. It reminds me who I am. Yeah. So I, I'm not like bitter about it. It was hard with my parents cause I think I, I dishonored them in a way yeah. that I'm not proud of. Yeah. And I, I shamed them in a way that I really am not proud of. Yeah. Especially at that time. Yep. Just because, again, they, they were trying to figure it out too. Yep. And they still, you know, in many ways are just like I am. And, but what's cool is I kind of hurt them with that. But then we've, we've really, I have a great relationship with my family now. Yeah. And they, they saw a change in me, which is pretty powerful. Yeah. So there's been redemption there. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. recovery to that relationship. Yep. That's insane, dude. What I, Thanks, man. yeah. Yeah. Part of this story I'm finding out right now on a microphone and I just love it. Like, yeah, the fact that you walk through that and, and that's when God showed up like in a powerful way. Yeah. And I think about too, like, I mean, you already shouted them out. So hopefully their ears are still listening, but the atheists that are listening, yeah, you know, to say, to say you believe that everybody, which I agree with, um, the Bible says that God, God put eternity in the hearts of man. So, Mm. uh, we're looking for something. It means that every and I, so I believe the Bible. Somebody listening may not believe that, but yeah, um, I would also believe that there there is this feeling of I wasn't made for here, uh, yeah, because God put e- eternity in our hearts, absolutely. And so the desperation that you talk about, you, you, I mean, you already said it. Everybody on the planet is is in this desperation mode. Yeah, even the atheists that are set in their ways, like. Yeah. I am convicted about the yeah. fact that I don't, I don't believe that there's something bigger. Yeah. Yet you would say they're still desperate, you know? And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you can speak, since you were that person, I don't know if you can speak to somebody listening now. Uh, like, do you feel like you would look back and say, I was desperate, you know, even though yeah. I was atheist, I was a convicted atheist. I yeah. believed that there was nothing, but I was desperate. What, yeah. what was it like? Well, and then? I think there's a poison in being set. In yeah. certain things, like I think, growth and progress is a yep. really healthy thing, and I think um, within our faith, within the, the life that Jesus has made for us, there's yep. so much potential for growth and progress. And yep. I really love that, and so I, I would encourage an atheist to consider that you being set in your way yeah. is similar to the people you're pointing the finger at, saying that they're set in their way. Which there are people like that in the church that we should say, "Hey, you, let's let's get out." Let's yeah. let's grow. Let's love. Let's progress in a yep. way that 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 again. And I think I think you can live out your convictions, but also hold it with an open hand. Yep. And I think that's when 
something bigger than you and me steps in. Yeah. And does something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you almost laugh about it, talking about it. Like I literally, every time I talk about that, I remember feeling this warm sensation on my shoulder. Is that scientifically real or provable? I don't know. Yeah. But the truth is I don't care. Yeah. Because totally. it, it was real for me and it was, it changed my life. Yeah. And that's something that I was, I finally, because I saw my life kind of crumbling, I finally went like this. Amazing. You know, with what yeah. I had or didn't have. Yeah. And I think that is where like true relationship, true trust, yeah. true childlike trusting faith in God is fostered. Yeah. Open-handed. Open-handed. Yeah. And that's, what's crazy. Like you can be 80 years old I mean, you can be Billy Graham and you're still doing this with God. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. Like that's what I strive to want to do Yeah, is to never lose that. I think like that is the utmost truth of de full dependence yeah. on Christ, full dependence on who he says I am. And as I do that, it allows me to love people better. I think it's brilliant. I have a I have a three month old daughter, almost four months old. Wow! As we record this, and and when babies are born, I was reminded again. It's our second daughter. As babies are born, they're born with this uh, involuntary grasping. Uh, it's not probably not a syndrome, but it's like it's if if you touch their hand, they automatically grab. Cool. Which is which is it's crazy. It's crazy. That's They're cool. getting used to gravity. They're getting used to this world. Yeah, uh, and so essentially they've got control issues with their body because they're it's involuntary, and and it's crazy that we're as humans we're born with that. Yeah, but I I believe it's a picture of what we spend the rest of our lives yeah. doing. Exactly what you just said. The rest of our lives is us working on these control issues that we have yeah. of grasping for more desperation, striving, sure. holding on to my thing, my yes. dream, my, you know, yep. uh, and, and the journey with God is this process of learning to open our hands, you know, yeah. God rarely does he rip our hands open and right. rip it out, you know, it, but it's, it's this trust growing in trust and growing. And so I looking at my daughter the other day, I was just, I was thinking about that. Like eventually she will have, she will not have that. She will outgrow that. And as uh, a 29 year old now, hopefully I'm on that journey in a good way yeah. where I'm outgrowing my control issues yeah. in this life. Um, so anyways, yeah. that's, what, that's, that's what I think about. Cool. And it's a great way to live open-handed. It's a great way to live. It's amazing. Um, and I think too, people, people are spiritual, even though yeah. there's people that would say they're not. I think there's yeah, everything thing, spiritual. There's, man. there's been something that's happened to somebody that they can't explain. Yep. There's there's been something that's happened to everybody yep. that they can't explain, but it's happened to them, and they just know it's true, and they yep. don't have to explain it. You yep. know, so even even the the no no matter what you believe, like there's things that happen to you that you just can't explain. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm a firm believer in this too that if God is who He says He is, you know, or if He's who we say He is, sure, um, then He's powerful enough to prove Himself to yeah. people. Absolutely. Uh, and so as a pastor, I never feel this pressure right. to like I gotta, prove yeah. God to somebody. Come on. Uh or to yep. you know, try to talk somebody into who God is. I genuinely believe that if you're listening to this podcast, literally if you just whispered up in your heart, God prove it. You know, like if yeah, yeah prove it. He can do that. Yeah. 
and he cares about proving himself to yeah. people more than I care about it, yeah. proving who he is to people, you know, yeah. because he created people. And, and so I just think he's powerful enough. And so yeah. that's even an encouragement to anybody listening. Just breathe that up, prove yeah. it. He can do it. Yep. And I believe he will. Yeah. Um, and I think the brokenness piece is important too. Yeah. I think um, when I was an atheist, I did a lot of that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah. no, I mean it. Prove it. Come on. And yeah. the truth is you can't fake your heart to God. Yeah. And I think it's Genius. a lot. The, yeah. the, the pride piece yep. is such an important piece. You look at scripture, you look at the beginning to the end of what sort of we see there yep. in that story, in that progression. It's literally human pride versus human obedience to God and, and who yeah. he says we are. I think obedience, uh, I read um, early on in growing up in my faith. So after I got saved, I went to college briefly. Yeah. I realized I didn't know what I wanted to do and I, I was spending money that I didn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did what's called the AmeriCorps. Yeah. Uh, I spent a, a year away from everybody I knew serving in various capacities with a bunch of different people from a bunch of different backgrounds. And it was like the best year of my life. So great. Where did you serve? Uh, we were based in Denver, but I was all over what's called the Southwest region, which Got is it. all the way from Arkansas to Arizona. Yep. And so I did projects, yep. eight week, five to eight week projects in like five different places. And it was a wow. life changer. Yeah. Like it was so cool. I learned so much. I saw the framework of this country. I saw, I mean, we live here yep. and we, we're, we're formed here, wherever your background is. I mean, all this Midwestern white kids, yep. I think we have this worldview even about like our country yep. that isn't really true. Like yeah. there is crazy things in our country that I just don't think we realize, you know, it's yeah. right here in our neighborhood. Well, it's like, it's like the kids that are going hungry. Yes. Uh, in, in our neighborhoods, in, yep. you, you would never yep. think that. Yeah. Which again, is, it was just cool to see that. And I, I grew a lot from that. And then I came back from that kind of like, okay, what now? Yeah. And I felt like one of the things I needed was a framework. And I feel like it's so rather than just taking the truth and running with it, because like now I know it's yep. about me. I realize I really want to be able to say like, I know when God calls me to something. Yeah. How do I know that? Yeah. And it, it was bothering me because I was getting invited to go on mission trips. I was getting involved at my church. And up until that point, I really hadn't been a part of a church before. Yep. I was just a little baby believer running around excited with this awesome grace that yeah. I was just... Pumped about, yeah. Lo- yeah. And it's amazing to this day. But I was getting involved at church and I was like, okay, I need a framework. Like, how do I operate? Yeah. And so there is a... Um, uh, kind of a textbook and it's called Experiencing God, yep. Blackaby. Um, and it's, it changed my life. Yeah. Like if, if you're a new believer listening to this, like that was the, the quintessential, it gave me like six ways that God speaks to us. Like I don't have them fully memorized. It's like prayer, circumstance, yep. um, you know, scripture. If all these things line up, if you, the people that you talk to, yep. if all these things line up, you can pretty with, much with confidence yeah. say, yep. God wants me to do this. And yeah. so it gave me this framework to start going, okay, if I have all these dreams, if I'm this young, you know, we all want to, you know, figure out our career when we're in our 20s, we're trying to like figure out what to do with our lives. Like that gave me a real sense of like, here's what you can put that through yeah. to really feel confident. And God led me to work at this church for three years and it was amazing and I loved it. it. I was going to ask, is that is that the framework you used uh, to confirm, like I feel this call in the ministry yeah. and to start leading worship? Absolutely. And, yeah. and I still feel a call in the ministry. I still feel like I'm totally. doing ministry. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. everybody in some degree should feel that way. But yeah, yeah. But, not, but formal ministry yeah, is different. Yeah, yeah. I agree with but. you. It's a good clarifier yeah. that, yeah, everybody's called to ministry. Yeah. Everybody's got the Great Commission. Let's yeah. reach the world. Let's, Let's reach go. the planet no matter yeah, yeah. who pays you. Yeah. Uh, but but a vocational call like, hey, I'm going to step yep. in and work at a church. It's different. Um, and so, yeah, what what were you doing when you stepped into like working at a church? I was finishing my generals at Century College, living yep. with my parents in a church down the road. A guy named Jonathan Maley 
Uh, yes, so I never, went to school with him. Yep, amazing I guy. I love him. Amazing guy, love him too. From Iowa. Hero of mine, Iowa. I think yep. he came up with a cowboy hat and uh, and like yeah. low-cut jeans and some yep. cowboy boots. I'm yeah. not kidding. Yeah. It's not a lie. Uh, and then he he left school, the hippest dude on planet Earth. I know, I know, and he still is to this day. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So he actually, I met him, remember that retreat I told you about? Yeah. Once I got like saved I, I also could play music growing up and that was sort of something that I was into my most of my parents are very musical yep so I started like they started to ask me hey would you help lead this or do this would you play yep. this song here days of Elijah you know let's go <laughs> stuff and yeah. it, it was really campy retreat weekendy sure. worship and it was awesome yeah and I met Jonathan Mealy on one of those weekends yeah and he saw me and he said hey man I'm working at this church and we could use worship leaders like would you ever consider coming out and I was yeah. like sure and then I went and did AmeriCorps. What's crazy is Shepard actually flew me. I was living in Arkansas at the time yep. on a project because they were trying to hire a worship leader. Yep. And Mailey was so aggressively like putting my name in the hat. Yeah. This unqualified, what is this kid? What is he in AmeriCorps? Who is this guy? No college degree. They flew me out to like lead on a weekend to like yeah. see if that'd be a good fit. Fit, yeah. And when I came back from AmeriCorps, I had a job with them that was part-time. Wow. I was helping with yep. kids ministry. Yeah. I was learning dance tunes. We did... I want to jump. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, River Valley hey. Kids, Dude, man. River Valley Kids. Go I actually kids. found out later that, that was you guys. And I, anyways, I was super involved with that. Loved it. Wow. And I'm like, man, this is like where I'm supposed to be. And I still yeah. feel like that with my church community. Like that's where I'm supposed yeah. to be. I love totally. that community. I love yep. those people. And I just, it really just grew from there. I met Sam Dietrich, who was a huge influence in my life. And he's the youth pastor there who now also oversees weekend ministry. Also went to North yeah. Central with him. Yep. But anyways, so um, that was sort of where I was at. And I was called to that, and I, I started to go on like little mission trips with my church, and really connect yeah. with some awesome mentor older guys in that church. Yeah, and really love like I felt a heart for unity there, because I could see that there was a dissonance between young and old, and that that really um, I felt like I was called to be a, a, a mentor of that. Yeah, because um, the difference between the youth and the weekend was pretty stark. Yeah, and I I wanted to be, and they 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 gave me the opportunity to be a part of that. So I was on the weekend, and I was on on youth. Yep. And I, you know, got to be more and more involved to the point where I was just overseeing all the worship there. Wow. And it was awesome because our lead pastor, Steve, is amazing. He's just retiring after spending like 32 years there. Wow. And he also led worship. Legend. No yeah, way. Dude, I'm talking wow. like preach. It's pretty rare that you hear yep. 32 years at the same church, lead pastor. Yep. He's an amazing, he taught me so much about simplicity yeah. and, and just the walking out what you say you believe in in a powerful way. Yeah. Um, keeping it simple. The gospel is you can't outgrow it. You don't graduate from it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it, that was a really special time. And um, it actually was really challenging when weird things started happening, opportunities started coming. And I had to go back to the framework and go about music outside of the church. Yeah, yeah totally. And that was an interesting time because there's probably a year and a half, two years where I was one foot in that door, yep. not really walking out still yep. sticking to my guns with my church job that I felt called to that I was loving. Yeah. It was so great. It was comfortable yeah, yeah. enough, especially on like a financial level. Yep. You know, you just felt like you're taken care of. You don't, you're not yeah. worried. Yeah. If Security, I want to get married, yeah. yeah, you feel like you have security. I can build a family off this. I mean, I could be a part of this and there's room yeah. for growth. I was really excited about it. And then all of a sudden I meet this old Testament prophet, crazy man, yes. Elijah coming out of the woods. You were telling me stuff. That. So he, he went to your church. No, he, but he knew somebody from my church. Um, his name is Jordan Erdman. Hey, Jordan, if you're listening. Um, and this is a guy who at the time, 10 years ago, gave his life to the Lord. He's in his probably 
late forties, early fifties. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, was you an view, addict. You view him as a, like Old Testament prophet. I literally view him as like a yeah. crazy man. Yeah, like, yeah. I literally view him as like, yeah, it's insane. Like yeah, eating yeah. locusts out in the fields yep. doing stuff for the for the Lord. You know, you're almost like, is this guy the real deal or is this guy like crazy? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's how passionate he is. <laughs> so I I I brought that in with like sort of a like keep it at arm's length. We were getting to know each other. He has a really nice studio yep. and wa- was inviting me to just like make music there. And he's like, I want to start a label. I want to like, so 10 years ago he gave his life to the Lord and because he was an addict and he was in rehab and his yep. life was in complete shambles, yep. lost everything. Yep. He would been living in Florida and his girlfriend had left him yep. and he's in treatment. And um, he literally at the door of the treatment center his girlfriend showed up with a, a baby there. His baby. His baby. And like he had known a little bit about God before and had always felt yep. like he, God had planted some seeds in his life with music and other things. And he always felt like he wanted to be in music and involved. He had an AV company. Yep. He was just like a wheeling, dealing, fast paced dude. Yep. And this moment just like totally God humbled him. And yep. like since then, his life has just been completely different. Wow. And I've gotten to see that. I've gotten to test that and like notice that and approve that. And yeah. be like, man, this is actually, you are who you say you are. This and guy's legit. Yeah, yeah, I trust him and, and he is crazy. But, um, and then the next big piece of that was that he brought in an amazing producer, Mark yeah. Heimerman, Grammy Award winner, DC Talk, wrote Jesus Freak. No. Like, yes. Like Toby Mac and him are good buds. Like he- How did this Old Testament prophet dude know because him? Because he's a wheeling and dealing fast paced dude. And he, the one of the first things I told him, I said- if we're going to do this, I need, like, I need somebody, I, I want to, I'd like a producer, I think. But I, and so if it was just me doing it, I would have just kept doing it on my own. And, yeah. and music has always been a part of what I want to do. Yeah. Like, I think for me, I always have said, like, even if I don't like making music, I'll always just like sit in my basement and write bad songs about my life. Yeah. Like, I just think that's yeah. fun. I Great. love that. Yeah. Great Amazing. hobby. I'll do it with my kids someday. Like, I just, I love that. But if I'm going to like, so I, I asked that, I, I like, I can't really, I need like somebody to like really push me. Yeah. And at first he was thinking he could maybe do it. And I was like, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. And uh, he was like, okay. And so I didn't hear anything from him after I said that for like two, three weeks. I'm thinking yeah. he's probably just like, feelings, yeah, I'm like, he probably, yeah. And I get a call and he's got like a, we got, he's got like an Italian mobster voice. Yeah. And then I forget, I was in the car with Seth, our guitar player. And he goes, he calls me. I answer, hey, how's it going, Jordan? He goes, I got you a producer. <laughs> That's all he no. says. That's what he opens up with. There's no hello. He just says, I got your producer. I'm like, nice. Cool. Like, all right. What? Like, I'll come like, in. Who, yeah, who yeah. are you talking about? He says, look him up. I look up Mark. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, there, there he is standing on the Grammy stage. Best rock gospel album with, you DC know. DC Talk. Yeah, DC Talk. And Reggie White was the MC or whatever, the yes. Packer, Packers guy. I mean, is that the right name? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Reggie Anyways, White. Yeah, so they're, like, I'm like, man, this guy's clearly, like, qualified. Yep. But let's, I want to meet him. So I met him. First day we met. We share our testimonies. We are immediately jiving on life, ministry. Yep. Um, and I, I sense a humility, and I yeah. sense just an openness. Yeah. He's got nothing to prove. This is a guy not in the, like, competitive heyday of his career, but he yeah. literally willingly just moved up to Minnesota yep. because he felt like God was actually calling him out of the Christian music industry. No, this dude lives here. This dude lives here now. No. Yep. About three, four, or five years ago, and he brought his family up here. Because again, his story is insane. So hearing his story made me go, okay, we actually have between Jordan, what Jordan pictures, because Jordan, one of the first things Jordan said to me, he's like, I want to write music 
So God put, this is how cool how God works. Yeah. God puts a, a vision on Jordan's heart about music that's not for the church that yeah. shows people God. Yep. I have little inklings of that growing up, and I'm like, man, that would be cool. But you know what? Worship seems like my thing. I'm going to keep yeah, yeah. doing that. Mark is killing it in the Christian music industry. Yeah. Feels God tear him away from it in a yeah. pretty in, intense way. Like he didn't want, he like willingly left at kind of the heyday of his career. Yeah. Um, he could have been just killing it. He lived in Nashville. His family's all down in Nashville. Yeah. And he walked away because he felt like God was calling him away and people were telling him he's crazy. He's like, I don't, yeah. I don't know why I'm moving up to Minnesota, yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah. When I toured with Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith, I yes. always loved this town. I don't know why I'm going here. And then That's I'm sitting crazy. at a table with these three dudes and we're all going, should we do this? Like, what the heck? No. So we sit down and that day, I'm not even kidding you. What's hilarious is we ended up writing a little bit of music. And one of the songs that we wrote that day together, Mark and I, is a song called West Coast, yeah. which actually is our most popular song right now. Which no. all those things, I, I like almost feel reluctant just like saying it that way because it sounds almost like this like cheesy picturesque. But that's how God, when something lines up and he wants it to happen, it is crazy to be a part of. Okay, my wife's favorite movie of all time is uh, That Thing You Do. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't it. seen it. So it's, it's about this band, uh, The One Hit Wonders. <gasps> oh, yeah. Uh, and okay. I, I'm pretty sure it's based on a true story. One Hit Wonders, they write this song. Yeah. And this local guy that's living out of his RV shows up, and he's he becomes their manager. So I'm picturing him <laughs> as like this Jordan dude. <laughs> and their song like he gets he gets them on the radio like the local radio station yeah. whatever like in that that's as far as it goes and yeah all of a sudden he brings in tom hanks who is this nationally known like producer guy they get yeah. a record deal through him and like it's like the moment where this rv dude passes the baton to tom hanks and he's like you guys you guys are bigger than me like take it and like, no way. i'm literally picturing your band in this journey as uh yeah, the one hit wonders, man. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not a one hit deal. No, but like, I feel that I yeah, it's amazing. That's very similar. You but they still the work movie, together, yeah. um, and they they have goals to try yeah. to continue to grow. They're calling it the Hover Coalition. Yeah, and again, it's they want to bring in artists that have a heart for God, but yep. want to reach the masses, people wow. who don't know. And and it's cool because we've been getting opportunities to do that, which is yeah. Again, it's like uncomfortably cool. Like, for example. Like we're getting opportunities to play things that like, I don't know, just like this is if, if we were called to just go play with a bunch of people for a bunch of people that maybe don't know God or really aren't interested in the church. Yeah. Um, we went and played at the DFL <laughs> first Ave main room thing. Like we got asked to do that. Like, of course, we're going to go do that. Why would yeah. we not go do that? Yeah, of course. That's like who we are. Yeah. Is anybody if it would have been the RNC, we would have done it. If it yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like we're not a political band. We're a band that's. Trying to be competitive, yeah, good at our craft, yep. But if you look between, if you read between the lines, and if you look into it deeper as to who we are as people, you're going to see the love of Christ. Yeah, wow. And and that's something that, yeah, it's just one step at a time. If God keeps blessing it, we'll keep doing it. If He closes it down, I trust and I know there's something better for for us, for me. Um, yeah. But we are all in. We're we're leaving nothing for the next life. We're not taking any precautionary no methods. Doubt. Um, which again is also kind of challenging because there's people that go, you know, like parents and concerned, how, yeah, responsible how, how adults, this? which yeah. is totally shout out to all the concerned, responsible adults out there. I don't think that's a bad role to play. And what's crazy is I heard a guy named Bo Burnham, a comedian. Yeah. They said, Bo, what do you have? What advice do you have to all the like one, like aspiring comedians out there? Yeah. And it's kind of edgy. I would never say this, but he goes, tell them they should quit. 
And they're like, uh, and then he explains it in a different interview because that, that interview just like ended that way. Yeah. It's kind of like edgy. Yeah, yeah. But he explained it is like, because if if you're doing something and if if you not doing it is just one person telling you to quit away, you really shouldn't do that. Like yeah, you're yeah. not called to do that. Yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna do that in the face of somebody telling you to quit, that's pretty powerful stuff. It. Yeah. Like no that's doubt. anybody who we admire or look at in a big platform has faced countless you, people. Uh, you should stop this right now. You should stop. Just don't this. even do it. Yeah, quit, man. Find the thing that you have to do, even if everybody says you quit. shouldn't do it. It's great. Obviously, like I said, I have to, you have to put that, I mean, with the framework I'm living with, who God says I am. And, and really, yeah. it's not a rule thing. It's a it's a health thing. Yeah. It's no a doubt. life thing. I think that's an important distinction to make, too, for non-believers. It's like, sinful people aren't bad. Yeah. Sinful people are just unhealthy. Yeah. And, and they're dying. We're all dying. I'm dying. Yeah. You know, and yeah. anything, any to clarify, we're all bad. We're all bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a sinner, and so every time we we allow God to, like, sort of like overlook what we're doing and like inform that, yeah. we're 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 literally making ourselves healthier and more whole and yeah. more. And the more we depend on that, brilliant, yeah, uh, and less on, but that's that's just the game. That's the, that's what we're doing every day. We try to take one step closer. But, anyways, it's just it's crazy, it's dude. Beautiful. I love it, and I'm hoping. I'm hoping this thing goes as far as a band's Thanks, ever man. gone, you know, Thanks, man. and, uh, yeah, just grateful for your story, what God's brought you through, who you are. Yeah. I mean, the wisdom that comes out of you, how old are you at um, this 24. interview? 24 at this interview. Yep. I mean, the wisdom that's in you is insane, especially when you gave your life to Jesus at 17, you know, Thanks, man. uh, you know, or 18 or whatever it was, but like just, yeah, that, and that's, that's proof also of like how God can grow a person. Yeah. That's right. uh, you know, and how God can use uh, a whole life of of not living for Him, and flip it into the best education and yeah. how you can live the best for Him. You know, like it's yes. an amazing thing how He could redeem time. Uh, yes, but yeah, I'm just grateful for you and your humility as well. And I'm I'm hoping, oh, thanks, yeah, like the success people talk about or dream about for band. Like I hope this happens. You know, I hope thanks, it's man. the Super Bowl. I hope it's. To, Thanks, the Tonight man. Show. I hope it's yeah, Thanks. Uh, because of who you are and and who these guys that you're doing it with. It's amazing. Uh, hopefully, this podcast continues to grow and you'll be the first band I want to play the, on the podcast. The we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I want that uh, too. We'll get a band on here and uh, <laughs> do, do a couple songs. That would love be it. Sign so us we'll, up. We'll set it up. Uh, one thing I was going to ask you before, but I'm going to ask you now. I guess is, and this is random, and it's very, it's more self centered. I love it. How did you? You you and I interacted yes. on social media. I'm glad how I was going there too. How did you know who I was? So I I don't know where we first met. I went to a twenty plus. Yes, where a, a gentleman named Kurt Graham was speaking, preaching. I think he was at the, the what's the what's the theater downtown? It's not like what is it called? Pantages. Pantages. Or, yeah, is that the Pantages? Uh, you had much longer hair at the time. Yes. Uh, I don't even know if you had a kid at the time. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. They just had a kid. Did he? Shout yeah. out to Tissel. Tissel knows. <laughs> Tissel knows. I love it. Um, and it's funny. Do you mind if I pull my Instagram up? Uh, you so do whatever I, you want. I found it. I, 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 so you preached on, uh, I think the name of your sermon was, It's Not About the Fire. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember? Yeah. So as I'm scrolling to find it, um, it just, it rocked me. It was applicable. It was fresh. Uh, didn't feel, oh, I'm going to have on airplane mode, so we're not going to find it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all good. But essentially, yeah, at that time, I just was in ministry. 
And yeah. I just really admired you. I was like, I'm like fangirling on Kurt Graham from a distance. Stop it. And I, I actually posted an Instagram post like the next few weeks. I remember yeah. you had mentioned some days we have twig days. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, and, exactly. And uh, I was taking a run. I was going through a really kind of just a tough week. I was yeah. stressed out or something. And uh, on my run, I just took a quick picture of a beautiful, I was like, I saw this like beautiful view. Yep. I took a picture of it, went back, finished my run. And I was like, I want to post this picture because... It felt like I was just having a twig day. Like I could only yeah. bring one little thing today to yeah. the fire, and that's all I had. Yeah, because I was just like burnt out, tired, sick yes. of it. And I just had a little twig moment where God like just like blessed me with this little view. And I'm just yeah, like, it's amazing. That's a twig moment. Tissel's got it up on his phone. Yeah, you got it. There he it found is. it. Look at it. Post that thing somewhere. Yeah, he can just put having it, a twig day. It, he'll put it in the show notes. With just your thank you. Just bringing a little bit. There you go. To the fire. So that 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 was also very informative. Yeah, in I had no idea. My goodness. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you do. <laughs> yeah, I am. A, I am. I'm a huge fan of what you do. And, Thanks, uh, man. Hopefully we keep doing it in the next 40 years. That's and, right. Uh, see where God takes us. Yeah, we'll I look at each other and catch up. Yeah, and we'll have a lot of twig days between now and then. Yep. Uh, but that's what it's all about is yeah. learning to enjoy this life, the big days and the twig days. Yeah. So. It's amazing. Yo, thanks for being on My this uh, podcast. This is fun. And believing in what we're doing here. Yeah. And, and I just know that there's going to be people that are listening that are encouraged by your journey and where you guys are going and uh-huh. follow along like with your band and all that. Awesome. Uh, two questions before we close. What's your favorite book of all time? You did mention your book of like your framework of how to hear from God. I, I, I would have a hard time saying that because it's so like textbooky. Yeah. Um, but I will say I, I like the Ragamuffin Gospel a lot by Brendan yeah. Manning. Yeah. It changed my life, too. I really like that book. I still pull it out every once in a while. The Ragamuffin Gospel. I've never read it. You should check it out. Yeah, he's an interesting cat, Brendan Manning. I think he's dead now. Yeah, great. Uh, And then the last question before we close is uh, somebody following in your footsteps, one piece of advice that you'd give to them. Uh, And you can pick from any angle of life that you've lived, but uh, just one one piece of advice. Uh, You can't fake humility, so don't try. And just remember who you are. And right. also, sometimes you have to find out who you are before you even remember. But I don't know. Humility is a big deal. Yep. And I actually don't like when humility becomes like another like notch on the resume. Yeah. Um, keep it real. Yeah. So, because sometimes it's okay to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is cool. What, like, you know, there's a difference in humility and like false attempts at branding yourself to somebody in a way that is dumb. Yeah, I never forget. I got Eric Samuel Tim, a guy. Yeah, I always I felt him. so uncomfortable when people would compliment me. Yeah, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Which like that's me trying to be falsely humble. Yeah, yeah. And he called me out. I'll never forget this. We're on like a little tour, and he goes, "Just say thank you, man." Yeah. Like God's giving you something. Someone's acknowledging that. Yeah. Say thank you. Yeah. And like, don't try to be like, yeah. Be confident in what God's given you, and yeah. know what that means. You don't need to prove to somebody that. You're so humble. Yeah, Yeah, and actually receiving a compliment is humble in itself. No, it it is. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. When when you're choosing to not be falsely humble, yeah, that in itself is humility. (laughs) Amen. So it's great, dude. Love you, bro. You're amazing. Thanks for your story, your journey. Thanks for having me. uh, We'll see you on the Tonight Show soon. (laughs) Honored. Thanks, bro. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere podcasts are found. 
To stay connected with what we're doing, you can also follow us on Instagram at Exception Podcast and visit our website at exceptionpodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Friday. If you know someone who is an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Until next time, remember, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace. Peace.